Welcome to PBF Podcast number 19. Podcast number 18 was released earlier. <clears throat> and I did just really a deep dive on the Portland shooting. So I wanted to go ahead and jump into a little bit of news. Since I normally do the news, how about news? All right. This comes from Breitbart. NFL to allow names of those killed by police on helmet padding. The propaganda is in full swing, friends, and it's only going to get worse. Just be aware of this and let people know what is really going on. The thick white band at the rear of an NFL helmet is known as the helmet padding. And up until now has been a rather innocuous area of the helmet where the team name is normally displayed. Well, that's about to change. According to a report via Pro Football Talk, a source with knowledge of the situation says that the NFL will allow players to display the names of those killed in officer-involved altercations on the helmet padding. The names of specific persons will be easy to see when TV cameras capture close-up images of players on the field. The names will come from an approved list with names like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery. Like the NFL, the NBA will permit social justice messaging on the playing surface this season. And like the NBA, the NFL will now allow a form of social justice messaging in uniforms. Last week, the New Orleans Saints taped Jacob Blake's name to their helmets during practice. Jacob Blake, who had a criminal history, most recently had raped his ex-girlfriend, sexually assaulted, excuse me, his ex-girlfriend, Put a cop in a headlock. Was carrying a knife. Was tased twice. Took the keys away from his girlfriend's friend. They put his name on helmets. Why? Because the media lied. And now the propaganda gets stronger. (sighs) All right. This comes from yesterday. Journalist Cassandra Fairbanks suspended from Twitter over Kyle Rittenhouse support. Gateway pundit reporter Cassandra Fairbanks was recently suspended from Twitter for tweeting her support of Kyle Rittenhouse, who was recently arrested over the shooting of three rioters, insurgents, felons, pedophiles, burglars, wife beaters, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. In response, lawyers for Rittenhouse warned Twitter that they intend to hold the platform fully liable. Gateway pundit reporter Cassandra Fairbanks' Twitter account was suspended earlier today for tweeting Kyle Rittenhouse did nothing wrong. Twitter claims that this statement is glorifying violence. Glorifying violence saying somebody did nothing wrong? He hasn't been convicted. 
Twitter is now becoming judge and jury above the law. A second email informed Fairbanks that she was suspended for tweeting her support of Kyle Rittenhouse, a teenager from Antioch, Illinois, who was arrested in Kenosha, Wisconsin, following the shooting of three protesters. Rittenhouse has been accused of shooting three protesters, blah, blah, blah. Fairbanks commented on the temporary suspension. The fact that you can no longer defend someone on social media who has been con- has not been convicted, as I was saying, of any crime should shock and terrify everyone. They want to control all narratives, and we are letting them get away with it. Kyle Rittenhouse did nothing wrong. Realize, too, if you go search on Google now, they've disabled the autofill feature for BLM is. You can no longer, they used to say BLM is funded by... BLM support, you know, all these things like that. BLM is led by Marxist. They removed that as of today. Yesterday you could do that. Today it's no longer there. That's Google. They control YouTube. Twitter. Anyway, John Pierce, an attorney for Kyle Rittenhouse, condemned Twitter for suppressing a journalist account, calling the act a brazen act of censorship, and warning that he and fellow attorney Linwood intend to hold Twitter fully liable. A journalist just got banned from Twitter for simply posting Kyle Rittenhouse did nothing wrong. Twitter and other big tech companies are now engaged in brazen and outright censorship of political speech. They can no longer pretend to be neutral internet computer service providers protected from defamation claims by Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. They have now stepped in the arena and are publishers. They've been that way for a while. Myself and Linwood intend to hold Twitter fully liable to Nicholas Sandman, Kyle Rittenhouse, and every other person whose life it has tried to destroy simply because it disagrees with political viewpoints. And realize, too, they're, they're, they're showing videos of people dancing. A racist right-wing fascist was killed in Portland. That's crazy, dancing. They can put out any message. Lies. They don't fact-check the lies of presidential candidate Joe Biden, who used the fine people hoax, which I discussed in my earlier podcast. They don't fact-check any level of lies. They will suspend your account for expressing your opinion before somebody has been convicted. Will anything be done? I don't know. I don't know if you guys heard about this. Yesterday in um, Los Angeles, people were traveling through L.A. I think it was uh, San Fernando Valley, 700 vehicles. And one of the vehicles was shot. And the tire was blown out. According to KNXAM from Los Angeles, Breaking, SWAT called out in Woodland Hills after someone from an apartment on Ventura Boulevard shoots at pro-Trump caravan of cars. Tire on vehicle was shot out. No injuries. Suspect barricaded an apartment per LAPD. This is from KTLA-TV. 
They said officers responding to reports of a person with a gun in Woodland Hills Sunday have evacuated some buildings and area. The L.A. Police Department said three suspects are barricaded at a location in the 20,500 block of Ventura Boulevard. LAist. A witness driving east on Ventura Boulevard at around 11.30 a.m. called police after she heard what she believed were shots fired. They noticed her tire went flat. A second witness called police separately, saying they believed the shooter was inside the Avalon apartment building at 2544 Ventura Boulevard. The building was evacuated, and police said three suspects are barricaded inside the building. From the L.A. Times. They were given a photo of a man on a balcony holding a rifle that the woman's flat tire... And that, oh, and that the woman's flat tire had been damaged by a projectile. Officer Will Cooper of the Los Angeles Police Department said officials received a report that a man was firing at a caravan and as it traveled down Ventura Boulevard near Chalk Hill. What's interesting... Uh, you see people talking about Trump rally motoring its way down Ventura Boulevard today. They're not from here. Our area is overwhelmingly blue, but seeing them is pretty sobering. Cannot underestimate. Must fight. So, must fight. Four young leftists sentenced in court after hurling chlorine bomb at police officer, nearly killing him and detonating seven other bombs. This comes from the Gateway Pundit. Four young leftists were sentenced last week on charges they created a road hazard as a stationary target. The young leftist hurled a chlorine bomb at the police officer when he stopped to clear the road. The young leftists were sentenced to 60 days in prison and probation for two years. This was uh, Arvada. I'm assuming uh, Arvada, Colorado. We are glad the Good Samaritan in this case is okay. We hope these young men take advantage of lessons learned here. Four men were sentenced for throwing homemade chlorine bomb at Arvada police officer after they created a road hazard to lure them to the area. Sentencing was held on August 26, 2020 for three of four men convicted of throwing a chlorine bomb at Arvada police officer as he attempted to clear a road hazard. The hazard was built by the defendants to create a stationary target for their bombs. On April 7, 2019, Arvada police received a call from a citizen regarding a road hazard at 72nd and Beach Street. The officer arrived to find that the street signs had been pulled out of the ground and stacked in the middle of the road. Then plastic wrap had been strung across the road. The officer and the citizen began to attempt to clear the road barricade with a plastic bo- when a plastic bottle was thrown and landed near the officer. He overheard someone yell obscenities at him. When the bottle hit the ground, it began releasing heavy chlorine gas. 
The officer began coughing, became nauseous, lost consciousness, and fell to the ground. Other officers and paramedics arrived, and the officer was transmitted to the hospital. They detonated at least seven additional incendiary devices in the area. Arvada police officers addressed the judge at the sentence hearing, describing the impact this had on the officer, the entire department, and the community. During the immediate search of the offenders, a code red was I- for the offenders. A code red was issued for one mile radius in Arvada. The officer ser- suffered serious pulmonary damage and spent months going to medical appointments and missing work, and continued to suffer the effects of the chlorine vas- gas. These men set up an ambush for police. When the first Arvada officer arrived to clear away the road hazard, he was a fixed target for their chemical bombs, said D.A. Pete Weir. These young men purchased the chemicals and plastic bottles at Walmart, mixed the bombs, and then set up their targets for the ambush. The impact on the law enforcement community has been enormous. Haven't heard anything about that, have you? Imagine, if you will, some sort of reversal. I don't know. Some BLM community organizing social workers attacked by a roving band of MAGA hats. (laughs) Yeah, not likely, right? Because it's almost never the case. We'll go over to the Daily Caller now. Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe says he has filed multiple crimes reports over classified leaks. John Ratcliffe, the director of National Intelligence, said Sunday he has filed multiple crime reports regarding alleged leaks of classified information to the media. A little uh, every Trump gate, Ukraine gate, (laughs) Russia gate, and numerous other leaks to the media or different phone calls to foreign leaders. When I became aware of the intelligence community information that is disclosed unlawfully, I do what's called a crimes report. I've done that now on a number of occasions, and so those investigations are moving forward. Ratcliffe said the timing of the prosecutions from the investigation would be something that the FBI would have to address. I think that will be down the road. Ratcliffe, who was confirmed... In his, to his current position on May 21st, announced Saturday that he is revamping the intelligence community briefings provided to Congress, citing a series of leaked information to news outlets regarding Russia's effort to interfere in the 2020 election. Ratcliffe said he wants to avoid a repeat of what happened a month ago, a reference to a briefing he gave to all members of Congress regarding foreign government's efforts to interfere in American politics. Ratcliffe said he had asked lawmakers to not disclose any of the classified information from the briefing, but he asserted that within minutes of what he, one of those briefings ending, a number of members of Congress went to a number of different publications and leaked classified information. He said that the leaks were for political purposes to create what he said is a false narrative that somehow Russia is a greater national security threat than China, which is probably indicative that the Democrats are doing the leaking because they've got a lot of ties to China. 
So do the rhinos, Republicans. So we'll see. <clears throat> Let's head over to something that comes from former rep Bob Barr. Soros and cohorts, cohorts pumping billions into mail-in vote effort. Soros is sort of the face of all of this, but there are many more out there. Americans justifiably are concerned about foreign entities working to influence the outcome of our 2020 elections. There is, however, one party with just such a plan underway and well-funded that is far closer to Main Street USA than any foreign entity, George Soros. Soros and a handful of fellow far-left true believers are well on their way to investing billions of dollars to ensure that tens of millions of mail-in ballots decide who will be our next president. On the surface, their plan appears benign and holy in the public interest, with nary a hint of the leftist agenda for which Soros is well known. For example, a recent story in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution described an effort by a pair of nonprofit organizations to mail more than 2 million applications for absentee ballots to voters across Georgia. The article noted that the organizations, the Center for Voter Information and Voter Participation Center, planned to follow this initial tranche of absentee ballot applications with additional mail drops in the coming weeks. These mass mailings are designed to ensure that as many voters as possible receive absentee ballots, ostensibly to protect them from the dangers posed by the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. It is revealing, however, that the applications are not being sent to voters generally, but only to those described as irregular voters who traditionally or historically do not vote. Vote. The term cone coined by the Voter Participation Center for this class of preferred voters is the Rising America Electorate, a fancy name for, the, for what the organization has determined based on polling are voters most likely to vote against Trump, single women, people of color, and young voters. Of course, I mean, it's the games they're playing. Let's go over to red state. Kamala gets dunked all over the block for a statement about violence. On Sunday, Senator Kamala Harris, the Democrats' nominee for vice president, finally got around to condemning violence. I join Joe Biden in condemning the violence. This cannot and must not be who we are. Americans deserve a president who will heal our country and bring people together not fan the flames of hate and division. But if you'll notice, there was something very missing in her condemnation. Just as there was in Joe Biden's combination, they didn't condemn the people behind the violence, and once again, they try to blame Trump, not the leftists who have been rioting. Orange man, bad. That's the new narrative. Now this will be challenging for Harrison Biden. Given that their prior stances embracing the peaceful protest in the BLM as recently as their convention. And as I mentioned earlier, they're only taking this weak stance because the violence <laughs> is now working against them in the polls. 
Don't forget how she appeared with Stephen Colbert, where she said, smiling, they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November. Now, I don't know how many people know about the Minnesota Freedom Fund, but that's an important thing because many people from Hollywood and many other people donated. And this was for people burning down buildings that were arrested for that and all kinds of violence. On June 1st, Kamala posted in support of this and asked people to donate to help post bail for those protesting on the ground in Minnesota. Let's go to a May 30th Reuters, Reuters, excuse me, article. Biden staff donate to group that pays bail in riot-torn Minnesota. Campaign staff for Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden are advertising their donations to a group that pays bail fees to Minneapolis after the city's police jailed people protesting. At least 13 Biden campaign staff members posted on Twitter on Friday and Saturday that they made donations to the Minnesota Freedom Fund, which opposes the practice of cash bail or making people pay to avoid pretrial imprisonment. Biden campaign spokesman Andrew Bates said in a statement to Reuters that the former vice president opposes the institution of cash bail as a modern day debtor's prison. So they've done everything to support all of these riots using the lie of the peaceful protest and just insanity. But now, now that they look like the polls are going against them (laughs) now they're going to act like oh we condemn the violence lies my friends lies and propaganda because the media is on their side and they're going to memory hole all these things don't forget what they've done blm donations go to act blue act boo blue Funnels money to Democrats. Let's head over to Blaze. Suspect in deadly Portland shooting describes himself as 100% Antifa. Was recently cited for a gun charge but never prosecuted. And this is what I talked about. This is part of Portland. Portland has a DA who supports Antifa and has received some very, very nefarious funding from left-wing groups. The suspect being investigated by police for allegedly shooting and killing a Trump supporter in downtown Portland, Oregon on Saturday recently posted on social media saying that he is 100% Antifa and willing to fight in the war. 
So don't believe them when they gaslight you and say there is no Antifa. There is Antifa and they're killing people on their streets. Police sources confirmed to the Oregonian that 48-year-old Michael Francis Reinol is now the prime suspect in the fatal shooting of Aaron Danielson, a supporter of the conservative Patriot Prayer Group who was part of a caravan of Trump supporters who flooded downtown Portland Saturday in a protest of the ongoing riots in the city. On his Instagram, Reinol also routinely shared troubling messages in support of the Black Lives Matter protest, including a June message in which he described himself as a member of the Antifa fighting in a war. There will be casualties. Every revolution needs people that are willing and ready to fight. There are so many of us protesters that are just protesting without a clue of where that will lead. That's just the beginning. That's where the fight starts. If that's as far as you can take it, thank you for your participation, but please stand aside and support the ones who are willing to fight. I am 100% Antifa all the way. I'm willing to fight for my brothers and sisters. It will be a war, and like all wars, there are will be casualties. Very premeditated. In other posts on its Instagram, Reynolds called for the definitive police and said, Fuck Donald Trump, and used hashtags such as A New Nation. Reinald had previously been cited for allegedly carrying a loaded gun and interfering with police during downtown protest in July, but was never prosecuted and never spent any time in jail because they released them immediately. Here's more on the July citation from the Oregonian. On July 5th, at one of the demonstrations, Reinald was cited at 2.10 a.m. in the 700 block of Southwest Main Street on allegations of possessing a loaded gun in a public place, resisting arrest, and interfering with police. He was given a date to appear in court later that month, but the allegations were dropped on July 30th with a no complaint, according to court records. The documents don't indicate why prosecutors decided not to pursue the accusations. Reynolds spent no time behind bars. That was not the first time that Reynolds had been in trouble with the law. Shortly before he started attending the protest, he was stopped while driving with his 11-year-old daughter. In the car, police found marijuana, unidentified prescription pills, and a loaded Glock pistol for which he didn't have a concealed handgun license. His 36-year-old sister, who chose to remain anonymous, told the outlet, that she had awakened early Sunday morning by threatening phone call from someone who said that our family was in danger unless we turned him over. Once she saw the screenshots of the suspect, she reportedly confirmed to authorities that that was her brother. Rhino, a father of two, has allegedly been estranged from his family for several years. On the one hand, this whole thing surprises the daylights out of us because... We always thought he has a lot of bark, not a lot of bite. But he's also been very impulsive and irrational. Let's check out some information from the Western Journal. 
about arrest in Kenosha. 175 arrested in Kenosha unrest. Huge percentage are non-residents. Most people who were arrested in the Kenosha, Wisconsin riots did not live in the city. Anybody surprised? We know they are bringing people into the cities. This is well-funded. Police issued a statement that outlined some information about the 175 people arrested last week in connection with the rioting that broke out August 23rd after Jacob Blake, 29, was shot by police. During the rioting, numerous downtown buildings were destroyed by fires or vandalized. The statement noted that out of 175 people arrested, 102 did not live in the Wisconsin city. That comes to just over 58%. Police reported that people from 44 different cities were arrested in the rioting from Pittsburgh. And then we know that the, uh, the bus traveled all the way from Seattle, the riot bus. More than 20 guns were seized during the rioting. On Friday, Kenosha Mayor John Antoramian said he was aware his city had become a battleground that was attracting people from outside the cities. What I know is that we have intercepted cars at different times with individuals coming from the West Coast, East Coast, Illinois, Wisconsin, just all over the place. And they seem to be the ones who created most of the havoc, not the people in the city of Kenosha themselves. People are going into these cities and starting the fires. These are trained individuals. This is organized. This has money behind it. Kenosha County Sheriff David Beth was adamant that the fires that left downtown in the city of ruins were stoked by those who came to Kenosha to destroy it. The professional agitators is what we call them. They come from other places. They don't care. Them coming here, burning the building or looting the building is like most everybody in this room is like, we're going out to dinner. We know that most of the damage is being inflicted by people coming in from outside our community with the intent to rob and destroy, not to engage in the First Amendment right to demonstrate. What is happening is peaceful protests are used as the veil. The idea of peaceful protest as well, which is why the media always uses mostly peaceful. And you'll notice too when they talk about these different, like the Trump caravan that happened in uh, California this weekend. They will say that that was mostly peaceful. They're trying to create the perspective that these are the same things, even though those people committed no violence. Violence is continuing to be committed against them. They aren't burning buildings. Their vehicles are being shot. People are being shot. Last article. Antifa BLM fundraising off Saturday night murder. Collecting for bulletproof vest in Kevlar helm. This comes from Andy No. 
In response to the killing of a Trump supporter in downtown Portland, Antifa accounts are soliciting for donations to buy more riot gear. They just received a shipment of bulletproof vest and want more. They crowdfund on Cash App and Venmo. This is from PDX Shield Mom. Tonight, our city is shaken. Last week, we crowdfunded 40 ballistic vests and 18 ballistic helmets, of which 11 and 5 of which are on the streets tonight. Unfortunately, that's not enough. Donate at PDX Shield Artisan on Cash App or Shield Mom on Venmo. We will buy more. FYI, typical lead time on these items is two to three months. By buying in bulk, we are able to cut this down significantly, but it takes weeks for most of it to arrive. So they're using one of their members killing a Trump supporter as a reason to fundraise. And again, basic synopsis of my earlier podcast, if you haven't listened to it. They use things like the fine people hoax, the lie. Trump never said that those people are fine people. He said to condemn the Nazis and the white nationalist. It's on earlier podcast. I say it numerous times in that. If you haven't heard that, please go listen to my previous podcast. But they're using one of their members killing a Trump supporter as a reason to fundraise, to buy these items. I've just, you know, Nat G and I have talked a lot about this, and I understand people are adamant that they want to respond. I understand why people would want to do that. Again, my suggestion is don't go into these areas wearing these outfits. If you do, for whatever reason, decide to do it, if you do it alone, you're in trouble because they are trying to hunt people. I would suggest not to respond. If you support Trump, don't respond. Because of all the violence, Trump has gained a lot of support that he didn't have before. If you really want to see Trump win, I would suggest you don't respond. It's like a gang war at this point. It's like a blood heading into crypt territory or a crypt heading into blood territory. All right, folks. This is episode 19 of the PBF podcast. I am R1O and I am out. Mm-hmm.